everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website, and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Barger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me, as per usual, is my co-host, partner in crime, and associate, I think is your title now, editor, uh, yes. Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Uh, I don't know. I've had so many meetings this week that all the days have kind of run together. And so I don't, I don't know. It's okay. I did, I did not know what day it was when I, uh, when I was talking to my other editor today, and I kept referring to it as today is tomorrow, and she was like, I've been um, really having that as a problem. Like since Labor Day, for some reason, I just have been real bad about like simple facts, like days of the week. It's fine. <laughs> um, senility. I'm loving it. I'm embracing it. So what are we talking about today? Uh, today we are talking about. Uh, Technically, the show isn't British, British, but it's Commonwealth, <laughs> so that's close enough. They it's have on a the BC queen. channel. I mean, they have the Queen on their money, so <laughs> I think that counts. Uh, in the interest of talking about something other than a show about a man, which we have been talking about a lot lately, we are going to talk about a little show called Frankie Drake Mysteries. Yeah, um, I, I, this show is. I, I'm very sorry that this is the last season. Um, this is one of those shows that I've I've never watched in a serious way, but every time it's on TV, I simply stop and let it play. Like, it's totally a, 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 a stop the dial, Frankie Drake is on. It's very adorable. Yeah. Um, it, it's for for our viewers who um, maybe have not checked out Frankie Drake. Um, and it is Frankie Drake Mysteries, by the way, not the Frankie Drake Mysteries. I called it the Frankie Drake Mysteries for like two solid years. And that's not the same. Um, yeah. So basically, this is a spinoff show of the Murdoch Mysteries, which is, by the way, Murdoch Mysteries, not the Murdoch Mysteries. My apologies. Um, Murdoch Mysteries. Which is kind of hilarious because I'm fully positive that i started watching frankie drake without having any idea that it was connected to murdoch mysteries um i that that would be the same for me um i i did actually know of murdoch mysteries but i had never really watched murdoch mysteries very much i will tell you i assumed that this show was made in response to the fact that miss fisher's murder mysteries was so popular because Um, this show is essentially in a nutshell miss fisher's murder mysteries but with four women and in canada that is it um basically and you are correct this is actually a show that was spun off of murder murdoch mysteries and i believe fully that it was spun off of murdoch mysteries because of the success of miss fisher um considering it's the same show the clothes are cute the tone is feminist like there's just more women which you know is not a problem for me but um basically murdoch mysteries which started back in like the mid aughts um and is on like season 15 now is a a, an edwardian like late victorian early edwardian set mystery show um where detective william murdoch basically is the guy in charge of the toronto constabulary um and Frankie Drake, which started in 2017, I believe, which is like, you know, many, many years into the Murdoch mystery run. Um, basically, I think like, actually, I think it like corresponded with like it starting its like second decade or something. Um, basically, the first mystery for Frankie Drake is a cold case that Murdoch mysteries had explored previously. Um, because did not know that. Yeah. So, like, basically, like, Murdoch Mysteries had done, like, a an episode that was set in, like, 
1905 that like involved somebody that turned out to be Frankie Drake's father. And so basically the first episode of Frankie Drake is this cold case that she picks up as she's trying to figure out what happened to her father. And um, her father is dead basically. Um, and her, but her mother is alive. And there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a reverse thing here where, you know how Miss Fisher's father, Miss Fisher's mother is dead, but, or, or she's not dead but she's never around and the father is alive and the father is kind of a con artist in this frankie drake's mother is the con artist um so it's the same sort of uh same sort of dynamic but flipped around um i like frankie's mom a lot better than i liked miss fisher's dad uh nora is fantastic and she's I, so good i love wendy Crewson. i think she's hilarious um yeah she's really great um i mean this is the kind of show that like just looking at it you sort of know what you get it's like a mystery it's a period series but it's a mystery and there are cases of the week and the case of the week is you know not normally my jam it's normally not even the best part of the episode but it is i think really interestingly always um it's very feminist like the case is usually connected to some sort of you know woman's issue or or female concern or why some woman is experiencing certain traumas or harassment or something where you know instead of men sometimes minority groups i sort of have missed the the um it's been a while since i've watched like season three but the lady who owns the the like the chinatown shop like there's just a lot of interesting Oh, uh, Wendy? Wendy? Yes, thank yeah. you. I could not think of her name. <laughs> of Quan's Cafe. I, yeah. I, that, that's the, uh, yes. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, for some reason, the cafe is not really in season four. And I don't. Yeah, I've only, I've only watched about half of season four so far, which is, by the way, available in full on PBS Passport. Tis. But uh, yeah, it's just not, it's just sort of vanished. And I actually really liked that about the previous seasons was that, Yes, the show is very feminist. It's very focused on female stories, but it's also very aware that like women are part of a larger sort of tapestry of marginalized groups that experience different kinds of oppression. And it it told those stories, too. I think, you know, Frankie Drake is the main character that the show is named after. I don't even know, actually, by the time we get to season four, if I would even refer to it as like the sole character, the main character anymore, because the show is very much an ensemble. But I think it's really important that her sort of co-lead is a black woman and a black woman in 1920s Toronto. Uh, And actually, I think this is one of the reasons that that I really like the Frankie Drake mystery or really like Frankie Drake mysteries the way I do is that, you know, as much as I loved Miss Fisher and I did, I loved Miss Fisher. Miss Fisher was not exactly great in the race category. Um, Well, I mean, and also not even just race, but like there's this show handles really interesting issues of class and, yeah. and sort of immigration and all kinds of different ways, inter- intersectional ways that different marginalized groups have lives that can intersect and overlap with one another. I mean, I love Miss Fisher too, but like Franny is very, she's, She's very privileged in a lot and in a, in ways that go beyond just the fact that she's from a well-off family. Yeah. And she's not aware of her privilege in a way. And honestly, like there's so much that's wrapped. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the, the, the Franny and Jack relationship. You know, I, 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 I love like I, I, I love I love all the characters and I love the relationships, but it is very, you know, heterosexual oriented. It is very much, you know, these people all hook up at the end. Um, 
you know, it ends with a wedding, et cetera, et cetera. Like this has sort of a like Frankie has boyfriends and like Trudy has boyfriends and Trudy even gets engaged at the beginning of season four. But like marriage isn't the end all be all. Yeah, Flo, Flo is a widow and is busy like figuring out what her own life should look like now that her husband is gone. And it's just it's. It's a group of women from very different stages of their lives, yes. from very different personal experiences, from very, very different backgrounds and socioeconomic classes. Like Mary is very working class, I think. Yes. I, I, I love Mary because Mary is, you know, she's a... Um, so basically we have Frankie Drake, who is the, the one whose name is above the door on the private detective agency. We have Trudy, who is her best friend and her employee. And we never actually forget that Trudy is her employee and that there are things that Frankie can get away with that Trudy cannot. Mm-hmm. And then they have two basically like BFFs that are always helping them. One is Flo, who's the morgue attendant at the city morgue, who basically... Although by season four, she is studying to become a mortician in her own right, I yeah. think. But Which yes. is, sounds horrible to me, but I love Flo, so go get your dream girl. And 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 she when she first starts, she's sort of this workaround of the fact that men will not help Frankie. And by the end, she's basically the, the one in charge. And then Mary um, is she's the morality she's a morality officer because which is crazy because women can't actually be like policemen um and mary's father was a police officer and it's a very like important part of her character that she uh, she grew up wanting to be a cop and wanting to follow in her dad's footsteps so this is sort of her workaround to try to do that she's a morality officer who desperately wants to join like the main force and it's really like her stories are some of the best in my opinion because of of the fact that, uh, you know, like Frankie Drake is clearly a character who is a trailblazer. She is a, you know, a woman with her own detective agency who's working in a man's world. But to some degree, she has like sort of blazed the trail. Like she's established herself in a space where she can kind of do what she wants to do. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. But Mary, her story is often focused on like she's trying to do that right now. Yeah. Like she's still trying to figure out like how does she find a place in a man's profession i love mary she's my favorite and honestly like one of the things about mary also is that she does actually genuinely believe in the morality officer stuff like it's not like she's a morality officer because it's the only way in like i don't think she really cares about how like short women's skirts are which is wild when you think about that there used to be like a person who got paid to have a tape measure and see if your skirt was a correct number of inches you know on your thigh but she believes that policing is good. Yes. That's the real thing. And, and she does actually sort of believe that that being a morality officer is it's not being a cop, but it is something that 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 is worth being as well, because she would serving if, like she gets yeah. to she gets to serve by doing this. Yeah. So I I, I find like I find that the, the, the show is sort of like it's sort of like Miss Fisher, but the next step forward in a way. Um, I also really, really love one of the things that when I first saw the show, you know, and I saw Trudy and I was like, okay, so we have a black character. That's great. But I I was sort of afraid that it would be sort of like a a colorblind casting thing where like they didn't actually like consider the fact that they like cast a black woman. Like what would her life, what would living her life in 1920s Toronto be like? And how is her life? Granted, this is made by a Canadian company, so it's a little less, it's probably a little more built into the way that they think. But like, I always look at this and like, how different 
is her experience as a black woman in Canada in the 1920s versus a black woman in America in the 1920s. Yeah. But the thing is, they never actually forget that she's a black woman either. They never sort of like pave over that. Like her mother, Mildred, is a major character in the first three seasons, who again also sort of disappears in season four. Like she doesn't get nearly as much screen time. And like her whole Christian vibe and her whole like, like she, like she is so, it, it really sort of defines how mu- how different Trudy is from Frankie and how different their upbringings were and how she comes at the world differently. Like she's such a well-rounded character. And that's the thing about all four women in this show are really well-rounded characters. And it's, you know, one of the things I've always said about like these mysteries is that you're either mystery forward or you're character forward. And like, these are such character forward mm-hmm. episodes always like the, the the mystery really doesn't matter like i don't like there's a there's a story in season four i, I mean there's a couple the very the few cases at the very beginning of season four like these mysteries don't even like what no like, i can't even believe that we're watching this like the one where um the runaway like a rich person gets like a bottle oh gosh I, I that one was so lame i'm thinking more of like the um the the expensive bottle of wine gets stolen (laughs) and they have to spend the whole episode like searching for this bottle of wine but it's really about and like that's happening as that i'm making air quotes as the mystery but the rest of it is really about like frankie and trudy's dynamic and mary having fun for possibly the first time ever um as someone who has watched all the way to the end of season four, I, I would like to say that actually that has a very important thing. The insurance company coming in and Trudy working with the insurance company basically leads to her being able to get a full time job. Where oh, that's she, awesome. So by the end of the season, like she is actually going to be able to like go off and do her thing. And like, so that is actually that that introduces- I really loved um, the conversation that she has with Frankie in that episode, because it really to your earlier point about like that the show doesn't ever let you forget that they're employer and employee in addition to being like best friends, because Frankie is her own boss. She's her own woman. She doesn't particularly want to work for this annoying dude who keeps asking for updates and all kinds of, you know, running an actual business sort of stuff but Trudy really wants the stability of a regular income and a regular client list because she doesn't have some of the you know privileges and background and yeah opportunities that Frankie has had and and therefore like she responds to that very differently it's just really it's it's small stuff but it's small stuff that really adds up I think yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is that each of these episodes, even when the mystery is kind of lame um, or super lame in the case of the <laughs> if stolen bottle of wine. Um, it's just it- like, seriously. Also, I did the math because I, <laughs> I, I when I say I did the math. I mean, I put these numbers into Google and Google did the math for me. That bottle of wine, which they talk about being worth like um, like. $30,000 or something. It's almost half a million in American money today. That's ridiculous. For a bottle of wine. <laughs> um, I, That is meant for you to drink. Yep. Yep. I, I, I got nothing. I, I got nothing. Uh... I, I, but the thing is, is that each episode, that's the point, though, is that each episode sort of builds into like an overarching story that, it, it, you know, in a lot of these mystery stories, when you get an overarching story, like, you know what that overarching story is by like episode two. 
right? Like it's not it, it, it like they they basically come in and they're like, we are establishing the arc, right? And you're like, okay, so that is the arc, and every episode is going to talk about this arc. The thing about Frankie Drake is that it, it 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 organically builds, so you don't even kind of realize. Like when you watch that wine episode, you're like, "What is this?" Right? But you don't realize that basically your your Trudy's future is basically walked in, and you don't even know it yet. And neither does she, because no one ever does when their future walked in. You know, like, and that's I I, I find. And every season kind of does that with Frankie Drake, that things happen in this very organic sort of manner that feels that that makes you want to sort of keep watching each episode. Like this is to me, Frankie Drake is the kind of thing like, as I said, if I ever see it on TV, I just put it on and leave it run. But when I like it's kind of the thing where you sort of need to binge it because each even though the mysteries don't matter like the overall story slowly builds and you can enjoy that it's really character oriented yeah. which is i think very important because we all know i don't give a crap about the mysteries anyway <laughs> um but i think that what the show does do really well is show you how you know the these women change over time and how their relationships among and within the group of the their little quartet change because I think one of the great thing, one of the things season four does really well is uh, some of the earlier seasons really had a bad habit of like pairing Trudy and Frankie off to do something and Flo and Mary off to do something and like never the twain shall meet. I think this season does a really good job of kind of mixing up yes. the group and, and letting you see different dynamics play out. I really loved, um, there's a subplot where Trudy's trying to, figure out whether or not she wants to marry this really nice but very dull man um and she has this really heartfelt conversation with Flo uh about how does she know if if she's how does she know if this is the person she's supposed to marry and how did Flo know that she wanted to marry her husband and they both cry and it's it's so good and it's really not a dynamic that we've seen a lot in earlier seasons so it feels like it feels like as the show has grown more into being an ensemble piece instead of a Frankie and everybody else piece like that has just naturally happened yeah I also think um that this um for people who are just checking out Frankie Drake for the first time um one of the things that you will notice is season one and two she's a redhead season three is when she goes blonde and that I is think she looks so much better as a redhead though I'm sorry Lauren Lee Smith what were you doing um, I also also she loses the curls and she gets a very severe sort of straightened bob. Oh, the season three premiere haircut is so like it's like Mary it's like Mary's Down Abbey bob. <laughs> it's so aggressively sharp that I just like I can't. It's not attractive. Um, but I feel like that's the moment where we also switch to an ensemble where she stops being Frank where she's where she stops being the lead and she starts being part of a group. Mm. Um, and I've always sort of like that it's sort of how I define the show is the redhead one the redhead years the redhead years are when it's it's Frankie Drake and her chorus and the blonde years are when it's the group I do like I said I do really think that the red is like a better color for her like it looks so much better but I think the show is so much better the blonde years um I, I would also note that one of the things that happens towards the end of the season is she finally starts letting her hair be curly again and I was like oh that's so much better <laughs> I mean, just think about how much time she has to spend with a straightener. Like, and back then, like, that wouldn't have been like a Revlon thing. That would have really, literally been like a hot rod of metal to Ouch. do that. And it's just like, mm mm. 
Um, no. I, I do love Lauren Lee Smith as Frankie. Like, I do think she is a very... I, I do think that, like she really does sort of hold the show in the first two seasons. But when, when they do finally sort of let everybody else sort of have a voice is when the show really takes off. Um, so I, I do I, think that's, I do think that the show was sort of conceptualized as like a, an answer to Miss Fisher. Oh, I do. But the yes. thing is, but the thing is, is that what, like in the beginning, it just feels like it's trying to copy Miss Fisher. Yes. So when it actually explores like what makes it itself interesting as a show and a story is when it gets much better. Like, I really appreciate that it basically just steals some of the best parts of Miss Fisher. Like, I love how I love how feminist it is. I love how unapologetic it is about Frankie's sexuality and the fact that she's not looking for a husband and and all of this other you know stuff that I feel like they just ported right over from Franny. But uh, yeah, season four, she has the steady boyfriend, which is definitely different. I love this guy. And I'm like, he's never going to last. But he's still he's still like I said, I haven't finished season four yet, but I'm I'm well into it. And he's still there. Um, He, he makes it almost to the end. Um, I'm not going to tell you quite what happens. Um, Everybody should. But, Spoiler. Uh, um, he may, But he, do, he does make it quite far. Um, I, I'll, I'll give him that. Um, I will say that. The thing that people should know about season four, uh, the end of season four, that I feel is important enough to spoil is that it ends on a cliffhanger and that it is very, very clear that there was meant to be a season five. And I will not tell you which of them get shot at the end. What? I didn't even know anybody got shot. You're just ruining everything. <laughs> I, I'm not telling you who, but I am oh, that's so rough. mad that there oh, is not rough. a season five. Because I do I do feel like um I do feel like the cancellation of the show was really sudden. Like I think they announced it right as the season four finale was about to air in Canada and it really felt like it came out of nowhere and it certainly did not seem like they had been preparing for this to be the end of the show. Um, and that really sucks. No, they clearly hadn't. And the thing is, is that when you first start the finale, the finale actually does start to feel like I went into the finale not knowing that they hadn't planned to end it. I thought this was the series finale. And the opening part of it does really feel like we've hit the series finale. This is it. We're great. Um, Because honestly, like it, 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 the mystery is even a bookend to that very first mystery in season one, episode one with the dad and the old cold case. And there's a whole like there's a whole like full circle thing that goes on in the final episode that I really, really liked. And then we got to the end and there was a cliffhanger. And I was like, no, <sighs> it was so. Yeah. So, so I just I, I hate that. Yeah. I just I feel the need to warn people that just 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 prepare yourself. I don't know what they're I, I, I it's it, it's one of those things that's just not fair. Like, and you know, in, in America, like we would probably people would send. I don't know candy bars to like the production company and like yell at them and like a TV movie would happen, but um, this is the CBC and they don't do things like that. So uh, yeah, it's just really oh, that's yeah, it's very it's- unfortunate because I feel like um, I just feel like the show deserves better than that. Like I don't I don't know if it was ever a runaway hit for them or anything, but 
I'm sure they've aired worse. And honestly, like, this is the other thing about it is that, you know, Murdoch Mysteries has been going for forever. Like, I mean, like, forever. Um, I, I said this to Annie before we started recording, but I keep getting Murdoch Mysteries mixed up with Midsummer Murders. I know they're different shows. I know that one is British and one is Canadian. But they've Murdoch also both- Mysteries is also not present day. But they've also both been on for, like, yonks. So I just, I can't, I don't think I can be faulted for confusing them when they've been together, like, when they've been on as long as I've been alive, like, combined. Well, no, they haven't quite been. Well, okay, maybe. Um, Murdoch Mysteries. Midsummer Murders is on like season 24 or 25 at this point. It's true. Um, I actually looked up Murdoch Mysteries and it started in 2004. And it started on Bravo. Um, And then it moved to like, and then it moved and became a Canadian show. Um, and it only actually got on the CBC, only got picked up by the CBC like six seasons in, which actually makes a lot more sense to me because one of the things I know about most of the actors, to the exception of Chantel Riley, who plays Trudy, um, both Lauren Lee Smith and Rebecca Lydiard, who plays Mary, were on Murdoch Mysteries as guest characters at some point. Were they on as the characters they play now? No, they were on as completely okay. different characters, but they were both on after it moved to the CBC. So they basically like, so that's part of, I think, also why they got cast is that the CBC version of the show saw them in the show and decided to cast them in the spinoff. I mean, they're both very good. So I think that was like not a bad move. Also, fun fact I learned while reading about this show the other day. Rebecca Lydiard, Lydiard or Lydiard? I feel like I'm butchering her Lydiard. name. Lydiard. Rebecca Lydiard um, is actually also a writer on the show. Yes. That's um, another thing that I really... The, the, the show is so sort of like... It, it's too... It, it started... It was started by two women who'd been writing for Murdoch Mysteries and who basically like spun off and went and made their own thing. And like, I, I love that for them. And I love the idea that basically these women had to write for the, the these the, this male show for all this time. And then we're like, you know what? Screw this. We're going to go. We're going to go do their thing. Um, I, 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 I love the fact that we have women who are in the show who are also behind the scenes um, and are getting. I think you can really tell, too. Yes, you can. Because there's very like just from the sort of gaze of the show, how unapologetically feminist it is, how so many of its stories are very clearly shaped around like the way um like women respond to things or or problems that only women really would face yeah um i also you know uh, sharon matthews was not one of them but she i don't know i assume everyone knows she was joan the secretary from mean girls um because i assume everybody <laughs> in the world has seen mean girls um if you have not seen mean girls by the way you really should um because that way you can say you go here um sorry uh i i chantel riley is the other one who was not but she you know she was in winona earp for like um she she was she was a recurring She's a role. vampire if i recall correctly uh yeah she was kate um so like i i i i love her in this show and i really want to see her i i loved her in winona earp and i would really love to see her get more work um one of the things that like one of the things that kind of worries me when a show like this suddenly bellies up like this is that these these actors who have sort of committed to it and sort of become sort of defined in the popular imagination by their roles in it um have tr- can't always shake them off 
Um, you know, like, let's be honest, um, it, it's really hard to see Mrs. Patmore in any role that isn't Mrs. Patmore. <laughs> it's really unfortunate that the second thing I saw her in after that was, I think, uh, Beecham House, which yes, but it's had also its own problems. But it's it's also really hard not to see her as Mrs. Patmore. Um, and like there's so many other actors who like sort of get trapped like that. Like I I feel like as as much as I love Michelle Dockery, I think I feel like she has she's had a real trouble like shaking Lady Mary. And like I, I think uh, I, I honestly like one not of everyone the- can beat Dan Stevens. <laughs> no, I was gonna say well, the thing that Dan Stevens, you know, for all that like Dan Stevens made the, the the show so mad at him, they killed him in a car crash. Like he did actually leave at the right time because he has not been, you know, he 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 managed to shake Matthew Crowley and run. Um, and you know one of the things I'm sort of worried about for all four actresses. I mean, you know, so I, I feel like they'll pro- like Lauren Lee Smith might like land at her feet. Um, she, you know, she's been in several things off the top of my head. Like I can think of as the Shape of Water, um, which was one of those moments where I like I stared at the Shape of Water for forever trying to figure out who she was, and then realized she was Frankie Drake. Um, and that's but, the movie with the fish dude for those of you who need the yeah that's the oscar reminder. that that is the oscar winning movie where they i can't say that word with the, a fish with the, with the fish dude <laughs> with the fish dude um yeah i uh, really like shape of water but i'm weird so it's okay i forgive you um i didn't mind shape of water i was just pleasantly surprised that a genre film won an oscar anyway no, um, always i know uh anyway i am uh, uh off topic um the the other thing that I, I just, you know, one of the things about the CBC is that we credit it so much with sticking with shows, even when they're not hitting, you know, like Schitt's Creek, for instance, was a CBC show. And they basically kept with that until it really started to click in season three. By the way, if you if people who are trying to watch like Shit's Creek now that it's like a huge thing and you're watching the first season and wondering what the heck trust me just keep going till season three anyway um <laughs> I, I, I feel very much that like why couldn't they do that for Frankie Drake well yeah I don't know I feel like if you're four seasons into it you might as well just like let it finish on its own terms I don't know if like Canada has syndication rights like we do but in America it probably would have gotten a fifth season just so it could get syndicated that's true but because it feels like a natural, like, put it in the morning on TBS kind of show. It really kind of does. Um, you know, and the fact that the, 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 the Murdoch Mysteries is still going is also a little bit like a, a kick, right? Like, are, are we going to suddenly cancel Murdoch Mysteries too? I don't think we are. I mean, m- maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think we are. Um, and that's just kind of unfair. I agree. Yeah. Um, what else should we tell people about Frankie Drake? Who's your favorite? Oh, my my favorite totally is Mary. Though I do yeah. love Flo very much and I I love I love when someone asks her what gotten into her, she answers a falconer. Um <laughs> I love I love Mary so much. Like that episode, I think it's in season 3. I think it's in season 3 where she literally like dresses up and pretends to be a dude to take like the <gasps> yeah. uh like the policeman's physical fitness test or whatever it's so satisfying um i also really love uh this is one of those shows that has done things like made agatha christie show up oh 
Yeah. I thought that episode wasn't very good, but I liked the I liked the sort of it did, especially in the first season. It did have a lot of like like F. Scott Fitzgerald is like a minor. Ca- no, Hemingway. Not Hemingway I, I was like, it's a- an American writer that I hated. Um, <laughs> it's oh, Hemingway, who yeah. is like a minor character in the first season. He disappears, which is very good because he's horrible. Um, but yeah, like he's a he's a reporter for the Toronto Star, which actually I believe Hemingway really was. That um, is true. Um, I also love I Googled Coach- that at some point. Uh, Coco Chanel also shows up, um, which, you know, as as a fashion dork, I, I feel because like, I feel like this is the sort of thing that happened in the earlier seasons when it was still really trying when the show was still really trying to find its identity. And it felt like something that Miss Fisher would do. Mm. You know what I mean? And I feel like as as Frankie Drake, the series became more confident in, in being itself, like it stopped doing that. I can't even tell you how happy I was that uh, that. The Hemingway disappeared. I have to give the show credit too, though, for like when it realized that stuff wasn't working, those people just left. Like yeah. Hemingway left. Remember her boyfriend in like the second season who was maybe a cop or a detective, and they had a very will they won't they thing for the whole season, and then he just never showed up again. And I was very grateful. I, I think that I oh oh um no Moses was the boxing instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, crap! I forget what his name was. Another fun thing that the show did because that was the show was really into doing things that I just don't think other shows would have tried. Like Frankie had an interracial romance. Yes, that's true. It's just really, especially when you consider like when the show is supposed to be set. Like, it's just like chef's kiss about some of the stuff. It's so really forward thinking about women and women's stories and how to focus on different things that female characters would care about and female viewers would want to watch yeah i also i really love that mary gets a boyfriend in season four the 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 leftist dude who's a writer like i can tell from like the first minute he shows up that they have like a thing but they are also like cute puppy adorable yeah i i i have to say that like especially because the other thing that happens this season to mary is the uh is those two the, the two detectives who sort of are like stalking her at all times, like trying to figure out like what she that that like trying to like, you know, basically catch her out um, doing research for Frankie. And basically like another theme of the season is sort of like Mary kind of learning that there is a corrupt element in this in this institution that she has really been raised to sort of revere and love and want to be part of. And she's very resistant to that when the season starts and she thinks that these dudes are just finally like I don't know realizing that she should be allowed to be a police officer because she's really good at her job but there's other stuff going on and it makes me furious for her but I'm like also this is probably really true it, it, it's it's actually a very it's a very satisfying uh, uh, storyline um, but it too is part of the cliffhanger issue we do not actually get like a like it is very clearly supposed to carry out like what happens at the end where where she finally like, you know, does things that, that, that make you cheer for her the way that it all plays out in the end. Like you can tell that this is supposed to go to a season five. Like it, it, it really it's there's just there's so much at the end that like suddenly like flip like like it could have been a really good series finale if they'd known it was going to be the series finale. Yeah. But then they didn't. And I, I just really want to know, like, who made that decision and why and how that all happened. Because, you know, I always want to know those things because I'm a dork. Um, but at the same time, like, it's also just I want to know because why did you do that to this show? That's really rude. 
It is rude. Yeah. I mean, not to slam on Murdoch Mysteries, which I have literally not seen one minute of, but like <laughs> the show about the show about dudes gets fifteen seasons. Seriously. Um, I, 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 Murdoch Mysteries is one of those shows that I've watched, but I have never truly like registered. One of my, um, one of my really good friends, she lives in Australia, and probably does not listen to the show. But if she does, hi Bex. Um, loves Murdoch Mysteries, like loves it. But it's sort of from the same. It's she's also she loves. Uh, Miss Fisher and uh, like they're all sort of from the same kind of mold yeah I mean the thing is is that like you know I I I do love the thing about Murdoch Mysteries the thing I know most about Murdoch Mysteries is that it stunt casts like I know William Shatner was in it as Mark Twain um which is (laughs) yeah I know and like apparently like the prime minister not not the not the hot one but the guy before him um was uh was in the, was in an episode um so wow. uh yeah um, wait is the hot one justin trudeau yes yeah, so ho- yeah, so yeah. It's, it's stephen harper he is hot i'll give you that um so yeah like they they uh they they have they have fun doing it like i i know that the, uh brandon Coyle from downton abbey was in it in some in some like i think a christmas episode um like i i, I the thing about murder is i'm just sort of aware of it without ever having like seriously watched it in any kind of real way um and like I know, so when we had things like Agatha Christie, when we had things like Coco Chanel, like I know you said that that sort of felt like it was misfishing, but actually I feel like that was it, Murdoch mystering. Maybe, like I said, I haven't seen Murdoch mysteries, so I cannot judge. But I do feel like that is often a sign, but definitely something pulled from a different yeah, show yeah. that wasn't it's, it. It's it, to me like shows that do that, like when they do that, it often feels like they don't trust. Like they they don't trust themselves, sort of like they don't trust their own narrative to be interesting enough for people to want to pay attention to. So they're like, oh, look, here's a faux famous person like Agatha Christie is helping Frankie solve a case. That was like the worst episode in season three. (laughs) I'm also I'm so glad that like they sort of dialed back the whole Frankie must ride her motorcycle all around because that felt like such a Miss Fisher ripoff. Well, honestly, like the fact that they, that's partly also because now in this season, she has a boyfriend who is a race car driver. So she doesn't need to ride her motorcycle around because there's, there's, there, there's hot cars to ride around in instead. Um, so it's sort of, it, 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 it's sort of, uh, I do love the race car driver. I, I, I do too. And in the terror, in the, in the stupid, uh, expensive wine mystery he gets to like pretend to be into wine and it is adorable um his and flo's friendship also like i just that's the other thing like in almost any other show like the boyfriend the love interest of like the lead would not get to just have a hangout where he gets drunk with one of her friends Right. And like has like a totally like non-sexual, just 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 a fun friendship, like with like the other people in her group. Like, I love that bit. And I love the fact that the show is confident enough to sort of make him part of the ensemble, basically, by mm-hmm. the time you reach the middle of the season. I truly one of the things this show does the best, in my opinion, is understand that different people have different kinds of relationships with each other. And that that doesn't mean that any relationship is necessarily privileged or better than the other, but just that people are friends in different ways. People have different ways of of just talking or hanging out with other people. Like even among like our little core four, like I said, like I was saying before, all of their friendships are very different. Yeah. And the way that they interact with each other is very different. And that's like that's how 
that's how we are in real life. And it's, it's, I think, surprisingly hard for TV to remember that, but this yep. does it so well. But the fact that, 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 um, Alessandro becomes part of the ensemble, basically. Oh, by the way, um, I, you do realize that's Jonathan Souza from, uh, um, 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 Agent Carter, right? No, it's not. Yes, it is. Are you serious? I'm completely serious. I'm googling this. Talk about something for okay. a second. Um, I, I'm, 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 oh, I'm almost positive that it's the same. That 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 it's the that it that it's that it's the same guy. Maybe maybe it's just a guy with the same sort of name. But like, I saw the last name of Susan. I'm like Susan, the guy from the guy from Agent well, Carter. That was the character. Oh, was that the character? Yeah, the, his oh, name is not. It's name, okay. His name is uh, Enver. Oh gosh, I oh. definitely cannot spell. Uh, can I? I was gonna spell his last name because I definitely cannot say it. Okay, all right, I'm an idiot. Never mind. Um, but Alessandro. Okay, the thing is, is that like wh- when they made him sort of part of the ensemble partway through the the season, like all I could think was, you know, if Trudy's Bill had been part of the ensemble, they'd still be engaged. <laughs> Right. I mean, I do think it's like important that you figure out how to get your uh, significant other to like be part, like get with your friends, as the Spice Girls would say. <laughs> um, Bill was boring, though. I think yes. Trudy could have done better. Although I do really wish. Um, I I know I said earlier that that scene about her, her that she and Frankie share talking about about uh, why she wants like steadier income. I wish. Um, that the show had been a little cleaner about about uh, maybe exploring a little bit the fact that the fact that that Trudy has the ability to turn him down is a certain amount of privilege and choice that not a lot of women in that time period would have had. Like, yeah. oh, this man isn't a huge jerk and wants to marry me. Guess I'm going to go for that because like it's the 1920s. Life is hard. Yeah. And honestly, like, you know, in most cases, like, you know, she would stop working and, and no, she doesn't stop working. B- you know, like Frankie working for Frankie Drake gives her the ability to turn down Bill. But then she's also turned down Bill. So now she's much more focused on making sure that Frankie Drake has steady income because she did turn down the man and she has yeah. to. Yeah, so, I think it's just really like I think the show is wonderfully complex, but not in a preachy way about it. You know yeah. what I mean? I when I think too many too many shows that might try to do something like this would would try really too hard to make it like a lesson or a very special episode of television or something and it's just it doesn't no this is just casual but yeah um i i feel like um even though it does end on a cliffhanger that will never be resolved um <gasps> i i i i hope that everybody does check out frankie drake it, as as you it's said, good. it's it's streaming on Passport. Um, it will also start airing on linear television. Uh, for people who get Ovation, um, which they, is a real channel, it's called it Ovation a- TV, and I think it starts there weekly, maybe the second of October. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, that sounds about right. Like somewhere, it's the first week of October. It starts airing. Um, so yeah. And I don't know about stations that are not where we live, but our station airs Frankie Drake quite regularly. Yeah. That's how come I'm always like, I always have it on in the background when it shows up. Um, What else? Is that our show? I yeah, think I that's so. our show. Uh, as always, if you have thoughts about Frankie Drake or anything else or stuff you'd like us to cover, shoot us an email at televisions at weta.org and talk to us online where we live online, which is where? Annie. 
Let's see. I am at Annie Bundle on Twitter. I'm at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. Uh, you can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats at Annie Bundle on Instagram. Um, I am a staff writer at Elite Daily and an associate editor here at televisions.org and I freelance around the web, um, including writing about the Emmys. So, you know, um, basically, if you want to know what I'm writing about this week, just, you know, go to my Twitter and like look and see because I just retweet all my bylines. <laughs> Uh, I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And like Annie, I write a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web. But I, too, always tweet my violence. So if you would like to read my thoughts on literally anything, because I share thoughts on literally everything, uh, give me a follow. If you just want the cat pictures, Baker, Lou, and Hammersmith are on Instagram at Baker and Hammer. And they're cute and much less chatty than me. Uh, the site and the pod, if you just want the British stuff, are on social media at telly underscore visions on Twitter and televisions blog, all one word, on Facebook. We are a product of WETA, and if you like what we do, you can visit televisions.org and click on the donate button up top to help us keep doing it and get access to PBS Passport, where you can watch lots of cool stuff like Frankie Drake. Look at this. Look at this synergy that we're doing here. Um, <laughs> I try to make the plugs at the end fun guys uh another week has come and gone fall tv season is upon us um lots of stuff coming in the weeks ahead please stop by the site say hi to us online tell your friends about our little podcast leave us some reviews on the podcast site of your choice and most importantly take care of each other be kind to a stranger get vaccinated if you haven't yet encourage everybody you know to do the same And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.